Hi everybody, it's Joey Remini here from seekingbalance.com.au. I'm a vestibular audiologist and neuroplasticity therapist focused on the recovery of healing of chronic vertigo and tinnitus. I love talking about brain health, neuroplasticity, all forms of well-being, and today I have a gut health specialist in, so I want to talk with Carlene Georgiatis, who is a naturopath, who lives locally, as you can see, I'm in her clinic on the surf coast in Australia. So welcome, Carlene. Thank you, Shelby. Tell us how you got into gut brains, gut health, and just your fascination with things that we eat. Ah, okay. So, well, everybody has their own story, and of course, I'm no different because I have my own story of gut health, which spans 20 years of, you know, ongoing IBS-type symptoms. So, irritable bowel syndrome. Mm. And it's confusing, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, you talk to all different people and you get all different bits of advice yeah. and... Absolutely, I was one of those. And um, so after, you know, 20 years of uh, this ongoing relationship with me and my gut and what I was eating mm. and one day I could eat this and the next day I couldn't eat it and it was just really, really confusing. Mm. And I was lucky enough to see a specialist that says, I think you should send off your food samples. Yeah, you're hearing and, a lot about this. So yeah. this is looking at actually studying it's like getting a blood test but we want to look at what's living in our poo and what information yeah. can that give us about the health and the ecology and the system of our body absolutely the microbiome so it sounds gross it's actually really interesting oh, isn't it? just love it so what did you what did your poo teach oh. you about you oh the poo says everything so the poo doesn't lie the poo doesn't lie <laughs> i love it so yeah, my poo told me about my own individual microbiome, which is as individual as your fingerprint. Everybody is so different. Do you want to explain to listeners who may not have heard that term before, microbiome, what does it mean? It's it's about the balance of bacteria that are in the gut. All mm. the all the names of the bacteria that should be there mm. um, in certain numbers and whether they're actually out of balance or not. Yep. So yeah. Yeah, and so I want to keep coming back to this idea of health being like a big, beautiful ecology. And we live on planet Earth, and planet Earth has her own systems and her own ecologies and different species and different people speaking different languages and you know rainforests and rivers and oceans. There's all this diversity. We have all of that inside of our bodies. And so we have all these different colonies of various bacterias. And some of them are not so great for us and make us sick if they you know, get too carried away. And other bacteria are essential for our survival. And if we don't have enough of them, we actually start to weaken. So the microbiome refers to that absolutely incredible, diverse, and really poorly understood ecology and system of tiny little critters that are helping us yep. to live and absolutely. giving us. So the microbiome, it's happening in the intestine. It does. We from have, mouth to the bum. Yeah. So we've got, yeah, and we've got different microbiomes in different um, areas of our body, but certainly from the gut point of view. And the main um, colonization is in the in the intestines, in the in the colon, in the bowel. Wow. So, and, and it's absolutely fascinating because you're right. The big guys look after the little guys, and without the big guys, you don't have the little guys proliferating, <laughs> etc. But it's amazing because a lot of the things that we can do in our bodies, such as producing things like tryptophan, which actually converts into serotonin. Which is really important for our mood. Yeah, very important for mood. Tyrosine, which converts to dopamine. Ooh, happy, happy feeling. Yeah, and also related to the thyroid. They, those um, amino acids are actually produced in the colon mm. by the bacteria. So what I'm 
thinking is if we don't have these certain colonies of healthy bacteria that are helping us make those fancy amino acids, then we might be lacking some of those mood neurotransmitters. Absolutely. So the gut and the brain are intimately connected. Absolutely. So, so someone could have mood swings yeah. and experience yeah. like anxiety, depression or sleeplessness if these colonies are out of, yeah. out of order. Yep. So a okay. lot of the bacteria that are often in overgrowth do have um, a connection to mental health as well and that's why you know that's where the link is and that's why mm. there's so much research in this area and beyond mental health and moods which is incredibly important and i cover i, I address moods and our thoughts as well as our emotions a lot in the rock steady and beautiful balance programs that i run with clients but just from a physical manifestation of symptoms i see clients who have inner ear disorders such as many as disease vestibular migraine uh, triple PD, BBBB, all of these things that have a physical origin. So there's things not quite right between their inner ears and their brainstem, the midbrain and, and various parts of their balance system. If our gut health is not quite right, I know you were talking about carpal tunnel syndrome yeah, before. Yeah. Can, is there any evidence or link between physical things not quite working right and our gut health not quite being right? So if we improve our gut health, some of those physical symptoms also... Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, Talk uh, us about that. So first of all, it, it starts off with inflammation. In the whole system. Yeah, So, but it's coming from the gut. Mm. And then if we have you know, an ongoing um, imbalance happening, like I did for 20 years, mm. then we get a thing which is commonly termed as leaky gut, which yeah. is um, you know the, the tight gap junctions in the gut lining open up and then larger molecules can um, actually be absorbed into the bloodstream, mm -hmm. which the body then sets up this alert, which the first alert is inflammation. And so, so it's like an almost like an allergy reaction because some of the beautiful food nutrients and food molecules that should be going from mouth through to poo are actually starting to leak out. Yep. And that just creates more hard work on the bloodstream and on the body, doesn't Absolutely. it? Unnecessary work. Yeah, and the body recognises those um, those molecules, those larger molecules, as being pathogens. And so, which basically know, means bad guys. Yeah, like a, a, an immune response. And an invader. Yeah. So my whole. Um, wow. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? So my um, my path on this particular healing for myself involved fending off my samples, finding out about my microbiome and mm. then setting forth to um, set that right. And wow, I, you know, 20 years of IBS yeah. symptoms, pretty much I've washed them away. Yeah. <laughs> and so t talk me about, you said you had carpal tunnel yeah. syndrome, which is an inflammation condition. Yeah, with the, within the, um, the, the carpal tunnel of the wrist. Yeah, yep. great. Um, a lot of inflammation and pain and difficulty mm. with... Um, holding, you know, and just no um, feeling going down to the, the fingertips and not being able so to So the nerves hold. are being compressed? Yeah. Or, yep. yep. And so the nerve conduction is really, really impacted. And, and so you had surgery in one hand. Yeah, I ended up having surgery in one hand. Um, and, you know, silly me because I had to get rid of gluten out of my diet and I know that there's an intolerance to gluten intolerance, but I was definitely one of those people that was sensitive to gluten. And it took me so long to get it out of mm. my gut. But by the time that, you know, and it, it tends to sink in in places, you know, in sore hip and things. So I thought it I was does. doing 
the right thing with you know doing the, the macro stuff like breads and, and pasta etc but it was still sneaking in in other places too. like in soya sauce and that yeah soya sauce and, and in a lot of sauces and thickeners and so once you became more strictly gluten-free yes. your body actually started to yep. reduce its inflammation the inflammation that went down so significantly that i never had to have the surgery on the second hand so all the sensations came back and all yep. the movement it just yep. it like naturally dissolved back into the back yep. into health yep. and and look i know now if ever i'm doing i'm, I'm lucky i've got my hands with the barometer yeah. if i'm ever doing the wrong thing with my diet my hands tell me yeah and i also like to even bring it back to like it's not necessarily right or wrong because every day is different and you know i say to people you know they'll say joey do I have to have a low-salt diet or can I ever drink coffee and alcohol again? You know, I've got this diagnosis and the doctor said maybe this could help and so I've eliminated everything. And I always say to people, be open and be experimental. There may be a week or a month where you really don't do well with alcohol and you feel horrible when you drink it. That the, the ramifications afterwards are just not worth it. So you take a break for a little while, but that doesn't mean it's for life. You might strengthen up again and a month later, you're good to go and you can have a glass of wine with a meal or out and about with your friends and you're perfectly fine. So just to, rather than think about things as being rigid right and rigid wrong, I think it's more fluid. And some days you can cope well with the odd little introduction of something new and other days your system is vulnerable, tender, and it really needs nourishment. Yep. yep. And it's about just tuning into that. Yeah, and, really and listening. Know, day, sometimes people... Um, well, coffee's a great example. A lot of people. I love coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I love coffee too. And but some days, you know, I'm not good for yeah. coffee. Yeah. You know, like I'm mm -hmm. I'm actually not feeling bright and healthy and vibrant, and that's not a good day. You know, I'm using coffee as a crutch. That's mm. not a good day for me. So I need to really tune in and just go, oh, should I be having coffee today? And so coffee, yeah. you know, even in the situation, coffee out with friends in a beautiful social environment mm. where you're sharing a cappuccino with a, a favourite friend. And it can really stimulate the nervous system and get more of the sympathetic stress, fight, flight, freeze yeah. system kind of up and going. And that can have impact of increased symptoms or increased inflammation and just increased activity in the system. So coffee's neither good nor bad. And in fact, when we are feeling quite... Um, lethargic or um, well, I don't want to say you don't probably I never use coffee actually as a pick-me-up but I certainly love the creative and poetic aspect of coffee sometimes I feel like coffee really puts me into a headspace of connection and it it um, I feel like it has a, a, a very rounded impact on me that I would align with poetry or a really good conversation with a friend you know it's uplifting yeah it can be mood elevating and it there can, you go it can definitely energize and mm. it can certainly switch on your brain um, and that's when we use it occasionally yeah okay and then if it's overdone I suppose it can lead to adrenal fatigue yeah. and like the poor old systems like chugging yeah you keep on flogging your adrenals with another cup of coffee and mm. yeah and that can lead to ongoing systemic problems yeah. in the whole being and can definitely impact our vertigo and our tinnitus and whatever carpal tunnel inflammation and irritable bowel syndrome is when we have you know a very unhappy digestive system and coming back to poo yes is it you're like great my favorite topic <laughs> um is it to be expected that the average adult human would poo once a day um 
Yes, and that's what we would like. I mean, if you talk to some gastroenterologists, they'll say you need to do free time today because really? every time you eat, you know, and it's really just <laughs> not convenient for most people. Not convenient. So it's interesting that, you know, about three quarters of the coolies actually are coolies. Wow. And so people who might not be getting a daily poo and it's taking them two or three or four days, they yeah. could be thinking, okay, maybe my colonies are not quite right. Yes, absolutely. And on the other side, if somebody had loose motions and kind of closer to diarrhea, yes. that's also, <clears throat> excuse me, not quite a sign yeah. of a healthy... That's an imbalance as well. In fact, you know, what, what goes into the toilet bowl is our number one health check every single day. There you go, people. So, that's um, a take-home tip. <laughs> Have a really good look at what's happening. <laughs> Some people don't look. They go, oh, I didn't really know. And um, I go, oh, you can stop and have a look. <laughs> I know some people who visit Australia because we love eating beetroots here, which is a purple oh, vegetable. We yeah. buy it raw or we grow it in our <laughs> gardens and we grate it up and we have it in salads. And some travellers are like, oh, my God, my poo is like bright purple. I've got to go to the doctor. Yeah. And we're like, did you eat beetroot? <laughs> I have had the occasional emergency call going, something's not right. Yeah, going, it's, okay, it's normal. Okay. <laughs> what we eat does influence what comes out the other end and we can use that as a tool to collect information about how we're going but yeah i mean you know one kind of relatively solid two per day yep, there's is a thing called the bristol stool chart so you can check that out and see what number you are on the chart um and yeah you want to be in the middle it wants to be firm not sloppy <laughs> not too sloppy not, not too, too dry, dry not pebbly <laughs> yeah and, and you know like and it's a self-check. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. free. You know, you're in the yeah. best position to check it out. And that can give you some information. So if somebody thinks, okay, well, I'm not probably quite normal. I'm a bit too loose, a bit too dry or, you know, not frequent enough. What are some number one health tips that you have explored for you? And how did you find them? Okay. For example, I know I love eating like a really simple mung bean dal. I find that really nurturing on my system. I love leafy greens. I try and have leafy greens and colourful vegetables at least two meals a day. Uh, vegetables are where it's at, for sure. And yep. um, I have a tahini bowl recipe that I swear by, which is like my breakfast snack. Or like I, don't, I actually don't really eat much breakfast. I'm more of a faster in the morning. And so I have a few things that work well for me. So if I, my health starts going down, I'm like, okay, I want to step up yep. my veggies, make some simple, easy meals to digest, hydration. And um, I know I, I, I kind of know when I'm eating a meal that has no nutrients and it's like really processed and crappy and it's not great for me. And I, I try and limit those meals. Yeah. Well, everybody's so different. I mean, just like the microbiome is so different for each mm. person, everybody's go-to, this is my, you know, my healthy go-to to, you know, really pull back and nurture habits, myself. Good habits. Yeah, um, is quite different. So what really appropriate for somebody like you said a mung dal might actually set somebody else aggravate off. somebody yeah. else and it's about tuning in mm. i was saying to you before how often people will sit down in my clinic and, and mm. say i'm really confused about what to eat and i try this and i try that and then the next thing they might say is like oh no sugar's bad for you and then they've actually already told me and then they yeah then they'll carry on with their dietary intake and and it'll be very obvious. They and already know the answer. And listening to that inner wisdom. And I think we, we, I mean, health education these days is really quite good. And we, we kind of know smoking's not great. A lot of alcohol is not great. And certainly if you're leaning on alcohol as a crutch to get you to sleep or to relax, it's not a good thing. It's just that forming codependency 
caffeine in excess is not awesome and high sugar and high processed food. So like, I think that's genuinely well understood across all disciplines, whether you're a medical doctor or a, or a naturopath and anything in between. Yep, absolutely. So it is good to see the amount of information that's available to us. And so there's, there's some things that you can, you can try. So some people do very well on bone broth. Yeah, I've heard about very, this. And is that like, you know, grandma's chicken soup? Was yeah. it a little, yeah, okay. Where you're actually, you know, getting good quality mm. organic bones and you're gelatinous nutrients. Yeah, and you're boiling those up over a period of time with a dash of apricot vinegar mm -hmm. that actually helps, you know, demineralize the bones. And consuming that is a bit like a nutrient tonic. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's not for everybody. I do, when I do the individualized testing, there are some people that come back with a certain profile that bone broth is not good for them. Mm. But generally speaking, for most people it is. Mm -hmm. And going, you know, really hard at the vegetables. And so both cooked veggies and raw veggies and getting that combination yeah. of So some people know that they don't do well on raw vegetables, so mm. they know they have to cook them and just by the way that their digestion works mm -hmm. and how they feel and mm -hmm. the, their poo in the morning, they <laughs> know. So you need to look at all these signs and... And I want to just add in, because I like to try and make this as simple and easy to follow as possible. And it's like, what does feeling even mean? And sometimes we're so rushed and we're so numb and we're so disconnected to what's actually going on in, in here and in our body that we can eat meals and just be like, well, I don't really know how I feel. Or we don't even pause and stop and take time to notice how we feel. And so some things I have kind of feel in myself, and I'd love to hear, Carleen, your perspective on this is after I eat I like to feel that if I really had to run for a bus or if there was somebody who I just I had to quickly go and say hey you just dropped your license you know here you go that I feel light enough and bright enough and physically able enough to be really sprightly and run and active like pretty much straight after I eat because I know that if I eat a meal and then I feel sluggish and like what and I'm like oh my god I just can't move something's not right like so either the quantity I've eaten is just way too much or something in that meal has actually clogged up my system and it's got this kind of contraction, heavy, almost vomity feeling to it for me. So after a meal and I feel satiated, so I'm not hungry, but I feel light. And I also like this for me, I like this feeling of if my stomach was like a bucket, I like to stop at 80% full. The minute I get really full, I just dislike that feeling. It doesn't feel pleasant. It's the opposite of feeling sexy. <laughs> so I like to kind of stop before I'm really chock-a-block full. Yeah. And I feel like that really helps me gauge both quantity and also quality of what I'm eating. So for you, how do you know what feels right and what feels... Well, as you said, that, that feeling of you've just consumed something and then all of a sudden you feel quite dull. Yeah. And, and you're not, um, yeah, you're not firing on all cylinders. Now, often people feel like this after lunch. Okay. And so, you know, there, there is that fear, that is that, that thing of being satiated and your body's working to assimilate that food. Mm. But if you're feeling really, really dull, especially in your energy and in your mind, then there's something, it's telling you something that something in that meal is not serving you. So there's like a clarity of thinking as well. So when it when it's working well, when our diet's working for us, I think it it actually feels uplifting yep. mentally and it feels light physically. I think it's pretty rare that you would walk away from a meal wanting to feel like heavy and dull. Relaxed is different. You you could finish a meal and feel very relaxed. 
Yeah. But I think that would be different to heavy or dull. Yeah. vitamin D and the omegas are really important for neuroplasticity. Yes, 
Absolutely. So you are getting this package of goodness every time you eat. And be grateful for that. Like cultivate your relationship with receptivity. Because if you don't eat, you die eventually. Yeah. And if you don't eat foods that are nourishing you, you will weaken and wither away. And you simply won't have access to the proteins and fatty molecules and particles that your membranes and your cellular body and your mitochondria need. So really start to form this almost sacred relationship with what you're putting into your body. It's like so imperative. Yeah. And I think start... The temple, like, you know, like oh, it's yeah. your temple, the temple of the goddess. You've got to hear, yeah. is this worthy <laughs> of the temple? And just be aware of sabotage patterns that we, yeah. we sometimes play. And sometimes that's not actually us. It's actually the bacteria that are playing a sabotage pattern on us. Now, I think I know what you mean by that, but just... To go into this, we've got limiting beliefs, which I have spoken about before on this podcast and YouTube channel. And these are ideas and belief patterns that we may not have consciously decided to have. It's like they've been given to us as children or at schooling or whatever. Or that one time we got sick and we vomited and we decided that thing was not good for us for the rest of our lives, right? So we can make beliefs in a subconscious place. It's not necessarily true, not necessarily helpful, and not necessarily a belief system that's assisting with your healing. That can lead to sabotaging thoughts and things like, I can't do this, I'm no good at this, I'll always be sick, I can never be friends with food, I can never do this, I'm not a goddess, I can't be sacred, you know. It's all sabotaging your capacity to really step into your joy. Now, bring the link forth about, is it when we have the, the bad guys, the bad bacteria, do they somehow actually feed those sabotaging thoughts and beliefs? Like, what's going on there? Yeah, well, they, well you know, there's, there's a... There's a dynamic balance happening in, in, the, um, in the digestive system and we tend to need to have a predominance of a certain type of bacteria. But yeah. sometimes the dominance tips the other way and yeah. they're the ones that crave carbohydrates and sugar. So and they're moody little buggers, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, and so sometimes, you know, you're having trouble getting on top of a, um, a bit of a sugar pattern, maybe a sugar binge or something like that. And sometimes that's actually not you. That's the bacteria. Oh, I see what you're saying. I think of them as the little donut eaters. <laughs> they just want like a big, fatty, sugary donut. And you know what? From time to time, that's fine. And I hope you have a really loving relationship with your donut. It's, it's more about stepping back and looking at what are my patterns? Do I have a three or four o'clock craving? Is this starting to impact on my ability to sleep through the night? Am I waking up refreshed? I think that's another really good sign yeah. that you're well nourished and you're meals the day before have been sufficient for you i love waking up refreshed isn't that nice when you don't need the alarm clock and you're up and you're like what a gift yeah <laughs> seriously though like i think in today's yeah. day and age most of us are uh, pushing the alarm clock and we're we're pushing through life and it's a struggle we're rushing yeah, yeah and those days where you just wake up without the alarm clock and you think oh, yeah. i feel ready for the day that's actually normal. Like that's what we want to work towards having every day. And I think the reality is, is it's not every day. <laughs> no, we just we keep on shoving more stuff into our lives, don't we? Yeah. So coming back to gut health, the gut brain, nourishment, inflammation, do you have any, like if you had a message to the world or some type of story that you just want to leave listeners with, Apart from checking your poo every day. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's really, it's it's what you were talking to me about, about really tuning in mm. and, and listening and, and thinking, 
you know, well, am I feeling really distended and uncomfortable when I eat that food? And sometimes keeping a food diary is um, a great tool to just be able to look back and reflect. Because when you're in the middle of it and doing it and, mm. and you know, trying to prepare meals for yourself and for your family or whatever, it's, um, it can be hard to see the patterns. But if you actually write them down for a period of time, that can really help. I often yeah. ask people to come in with a bit of a food diary. And I feel like I want to add to that um, rigid thinking and self-criticism and self-judgment and, dare I say, self-hatred because, you know, it's out there and I've experienced self-hatred. These are powerful, powerful thought patterns and belief patterns that really impact us. So if we're going to start a food diary, I urge you to buy a beautiful diary, buy a coloured pen, have at the top of your diary, I love myself and whatever I eat, I'm doing my best. And really document these things with self-compassion, with understanding and with forgiveness. Because I promise you there's going to be times when you're writing down things that you wish you didn't eat, but you did eat it. And you have to forgive yourself for that and cultivate this loving kindness as you get to know yourself. Because otherwise it just turns into a self-hating, self-critiquing, self-judging, self-sabotaging process that really does make you go backwards and in those cases I get people to scrap all of their diaries and really focus on gratitude focus on joy and document all the things that make them feel good so I really shift it to the other side but getting to know our food you know we have to we have to get to know it by studying it which is part of self-study and actually we look at some of these patterns in module three of rock steady which is a self-study program my clients go through so self-compassion and forgiveness is huge Thank you so much for teaching us about our poo. <laughs> and I, I'm sure everybody listening has learned a lot. And do you have any resources on your website, something people could visit? Yeah, my website is reasonably up to date. So I'll pop a link in, carlinegeorgiatis.com.au. So if you're looking to learn about, no, it's called Biomedical Naturopathy. Yeah. And so um, Carlene has some useful resources. You can get in touch with her and... For those of you with vertigo and tinnitus who are still exploring your healing, your neuroplasticity and your overall health, visit seekingbalance.com.au. The Rock Steady Self-Study Program is a 12-week journey that you can go through whenever you're ready and it will take you through these steps of learning to listen to your body, learning to tune in and learning to actually cultivate balance within yourself because something's out of balance. That's why we get our symptoms. The body's saying, come on, listen to me. I'm not quite right. Always get medical clearance. Your doctors are on your team. The minute the doctors say there's nothing more we can do, it's a process of self-study. You've got to go within. For those of you who are looking for private therapy and you're feeling a bit stuck, a bit deflated, contact me. I have a six-month program where I can nurture you through an intensive neuroplasticity process and guide you every step of the way. That's my beautiful balance program. So I'm Joey Remini. This has been Harleen Georgiadis. It's been a real thrill and I've had fun. So thank you so much for your time. You're a pleasure. <laughs> And it's a little bye for now. <laughs>